when you come into your kingdom? It's kind of shocking, the request. Right? I mean, it's, it's shocking because you would never expect it from this guy. And you would certainly never expect it at this moment. You know, Jesus is there with these two criminals. We don't hear much about them, in fact. Matthew and Mark mention them just in passing. It says that they're robbers. Luke is the one that gives the account that has all the detail in it. So who were they? Who, who, who were the robbers? Who were the, the, the thieves? Yes, they were robbers. Yes, they stole stuff. But here's what we know and we understand is that stealing wasn't a, a capital offense. They weren't being put to de- death for that. So they were criminals. They were the lowest of the lows. They were outcasts. Nobody, nobody cared about them. In fact, they would probably rejoice at the fact that these guys are being put to death. Nobody would miss them. They were the lows. They had no worth in society. In fact, they would take away from society rather than give to it. They were, in fact, where they belonged. They were getting what they deserved. They were getting punishment. One of the men actually came to the conclusion that he deserved it. We pick the story up in Luke 23, 39 through 43. It's going to be up on the screen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We're only going to be there for a brief moment. But this is the story that recaps the song that we just heard. It says, One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him, said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man, he has done nothing wrong. And this man was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And of course, Jesus responded to him, Truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. You know, it's, it's not a pretty scene. We know this. We understand crucifixion. We no doubt maybe have even seen the passion of the Christ and we have a visual of it. It was gruesome. It was something that was gruesome even before they got to the cross. These men would have been sleep-deprived, dehydrated, exhausted, beaten, bleeding, and humiliated. And for the normal person, having all this done to them, inside would be dwelling up such a sense of anger that would surely come out. And for one of those guys, it certainly was. He is just hurling abuse at Jesus. Disrespect and doubt spewing from his mouth. And I'm sure he was doing the same thing to anyone who would catch his eye or anyone that he wanted to because he was angry. However, the other one, the thief, the other thief, had a different outlook. He says, man, don't you even understand who God is? Look, we're all in the same boat here. We're getting what we deserve. He understands it. It seems like for him, things now at the end of his life are becoming clear. He sees his guilt. He understands the consequences He understands that all this is a product of reaping what he had sowed. And then he turns his attention to Jesus. And he recognizes his innocence. He recognizes that this guy, this man who claimed to be the Savior, had done nothing wrong. He must have been thinking in his mind, look look at this guy, he's not even fighting back. In fact, maybe he even overheard Jesus pray. We're the people that are putting him to death. 
He's thinking he's got no ill will towards anyone. This man does not deserve it. Such an interesting exchange here, isn't it? And an interesting spot in Scripture. Of course, we understand Luke is a detailed author, and so he puts in this detail, but these thieves, they're not even the main character. They're not part of the big picture. They get what they deserve, they're gone, and they're never mentioned again, and that seems to be the way it should be. However, it is here in Scripture. It is mentioned. The question that we no doubt have as we read this narrative is, what is the importance of it? What do we have to gain from this being here? Does it have any relevance to us? Two men, two distinct outlooks. And then you have the reader, us, you and me. Far too often in our lives, we tend to point at others. At how bad they are. Until we realize we're all in the same boat. We live in such an age where there's such an air of entitlement and we think somehow we're entitled to certain things and that life should be fair and that I'm better than anyone else and I I should be getting things that I really don't even have to deserve. I mean, look at the criminals on the cross. When you look at them, when you think of them, you probably think of them and look at them with such disdain that you hardly give them a second thought. But if we take a fresh look at this, doesn't it seem as if these criminals... These thieves, these robbers, two different responses. Aren't they really a microcosm of what mankind is in general? I mean, think about it. You have one who thinks he has done nothing wrong, and one who clearly recognizes the error of his ways. You have one that speaks with such anger, and then one that speaks with meekness. You have one who is an accusative guy, and one who is contrite. And then you have one that doesn't even recognize Jesus or at least he refuses to. And one who recognizes this man, this God-man, as his only way of salvation. Isn't that really what mankind has boiled down to? Some people get Jesus, some people recognize Jesus, and some don't. See, both men were in the same position, and yet only one takes advantage of what is right there in front of him. See, the penalty was being paid, and it was being paid for both of them. Not just one being paid for both, but only one response. Can't you relate to the thief? I mean, aren't we criminal in a way? I mean, we have sinned. We have fallen short of the glory of God. We, in our own self, we have no worth. We, 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 we sometimes look down upon the things that we do, and other people look down on us, and, and we think, man, I am such a sinner. I mean, the Apostle Paul thought the same thing in Timothy, where he says, I'm a sinner. I'm a chief sinner. I'm horrible. Do we even recognize how far we are from the cross? before we get to that cross, before we see salvation, we understand we're so quick to look at others at their position and how messed up they are that we fail to recognize the depth of our very own depravity. I'll say this, you cannot get any further from Him than when you are when you're lost in sin. You can't get any further away from Christ before you come to know Him. It's because sin is sin. The penalty of sin is death. We understand that. Lost is lost and dead is dead. And somehow, some way, the thief on the cross got to a point where he recognized Jesus. How did this happen? We don't really know. Did, did, did he see a miracle? Did he see him off in the distance doing something? Or did he just hear about his legend? Nonetheless, this thief saw the goodness in Jesus. He had witnessed it, and now it's coming to a head. Perhaps you're like me. 
When you hear about people on death row and they all of a sudden come to Jesus and they have a gospel moment, you're like, man, I don't know. We can be skeptical, can't we? I'll tell you this. The moment somebody comes to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is the perfect time. It wasn't about the timing. It mattered about the insincerity of it. And the fact that he was, in fact, recognizing Jesus. See, this thief... He represents the fact that all people, no matter who they are, have the opportunity at a life in Christ, have an opportunity for salvation. You and I, what we have earned, what we deserve is death. The wages of sin is death. That's what the Bible says. That is separation from God. But because of this wonderful cross of Christ, the precious blood of the Lamb, We can be free from that sin and that bondage and that death. And therein lies the goodness of Good Friday. See, yes, it was a shocking request by the thief. But I gotta believe if you're sticking around and you're and you're there and you're you're witnessing what has happened, you're shocked by the thief, but then you're even more shocked by the response of Jesus. The fact that Jesus responds in the way that he does doesn't surprise us because what we know is it is simply consistent with who he is. See, Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost, those who who needed help. He was a friend of sinners. He healed the broken and he fed the hungry. He came to die for these thieves. While they were yet still sinners. Same rings true for us. He came to die for you and for me while we were still yet sinners. We simply, like the thief, need to simply recognize and respond. The scripture says it. All those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus Christ was, in fact, a good man. He is a wonderful Savior, and He shed His precious blood for you and for me and for the criminals who deserve nothing but death. Good Friday holds more goodness than we can even comprehend. And it should bring about such worship that we can never fully articulate, but that we spend a lifetime expressing. My hope, my prayer, is that on this day, this evening, this Good Friday, that you will be caused and brought to a place where you are able to worship Him. To simply respond to Him in such a way that perhaps maybe you never have before. To see him for who he is. And as you recognize how lost you are, just like the thief. It will cause you to respond in such gratefulness. For the gift that we have because of this cross. This indescribable gift. It's my prayer for each one of us tonight. As we worship together. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we are grateful. We are grateful for your sacrifice. We are grateful that we cannot be too far away from you. All we have to do is recognize you and respond. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here tonight that does not know you, like the the thief on the cross, that they will recognize who you are tonight and respond to you. For those of us who have responded, may we never forget the depths of the depravity of where we have come from, and it's only because of you and your blood and your cross and because we've responded. So, Lord, we thank you for that precious gift, that salvation that we have through the blood of your Son.
we are forever grateful. And may we be able to express that as we continue to worship tonight. We thank you for all of this in your name. Amen.